Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. And of course, for the month of March, DraftKings. Use the code BBB if you are in the state of Massachusetts. We are celebrating the entrance of legal sports wagering into Massachusetts with DraftKings. Use the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code BBB, and you can get bonus bets. Um, Today is March 9th. And first of all, we're going to call it for it or for what it is. We've been ripped off by the Providence Journal. That was not a statement I thought I'd be making today, but we we had a great challenge. Thank you for everybody that voted this past week in our Rhode Island beer challenge. Um, we basically pulled all our Instagram followers and said, which Rhode Island brewery has the best beer? And usually... You know, what it ended up turning into was, you know, hey, these are the few that have a really good following and also really good beer. Um, we were totally ripped off by Providence Journal, who released one of their own. And by the way, did not include the winner of ours, Ravenous Brewing Company. That is like, I don't know what's worse. If you're going to rip somebody off, do it the right way, at least. But you don't even put the winner. Come on. Yeah. Imitation is the highest form of uh, flattery. It was sent a few DMs this morning and saw... Providence Journal do that, which is fine. We did not create brackets. We did not create March. We did not, we not patented brackets. That's correct. We, we have not patented that. But, <laughs> but we did just run this. So you can say, hey, shout out to Beers, Business, and Balls for the idea because 44,000 views on our stories from the start to finish, we had 44,000 views and votes in this bracket. Someone in Providence Journal clearly saw it. Someone in Providence Journal saw all the breweries reposting our stories um, and the brackets and the polls and stuff. And then not to include Ravenous, which again, shout out to Dorian Rave and the Ravenous crew. They were in the final four last year um, and we do not give them enough love. We do. We haven't stopped there in a while. Um, they'll be hopping on the podcast in the next couple of weeks, but Ravenous Brewing, that fan base came in through the waves. I have never seen more people DMing, commenting, voting. They beat Tilted Barn by almost 400 votes. Oh, they they whooped them. Yeah, and and they, that was surprising and, to me. And Ravenous did not have like the easiest path of resistance to the championship. I mean, they had some big names that they had to go against. Uh, so, you know, shout out to them. And, you know, we're excited to have Dorian, the founder and head brewer on and, you know, talk shop with that. But yeah, Providence Journal, shame on you. Shame, shame it's, on you. It's sad. I, you know, and, and Ravenous, I think we were exchanging some texts. I think the last time we went was 2020. Um, I will say very different for most of the Rhode Island breweries around here. Sort of like a big, you know, you get a lot of small feels over here. And this one was big. It was just like a, one-story warehouse almost yeah and i was impressed with their beer from three years ago it sounds like they've only got better so that's one that you sort of just write off and their fans had something else to say that northern rhode island is just they're in their own world they've got some good beer up there in like that southern mass you kind of go like up the ways to treehouse a little bit there's some sleeper good beer in that little pocket, like the Blackstone Valley. So hats off. Go try Ravenous if you're in the area. I can't remember if it's Cumberland or Woodsocket, but one of the two. I think it's technically Cumberland, but, you know, and we say this, this is our second year doing the bracket, but I think we, as one, beer lovers, two, beer podcasters, and three, people that live in Rhode Island but are not from Rhode Island, we will go anywhere, try anything, talk to anybody. What I've learned from this bracket is there is like a divide in the state of North and South. There is <laughs> like, know. it is crazy because you have people in Providence that will try both because it's like, it's, it's either 20, 30 minutes North or 20, 30 minutes South. But you have Northern Rhode Island that came in the bunches and boatloads like Lops Brewing. Haven't been to Lops yet. Have their, have had their beer, but people are like Lops, 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 Ravenous, Ravenous. Crooked Current, obviously, friends of ours. Like people are very tied up to the north, but then you have a whole South County side, like Shades On, um, Whalers, Graysale, Newport, like those places. It's like there's no in between. It is, it is Civil War North and South, and people are very particular to their beer. 
I will say, and I made a reference that I'm not going to repeat over the air to you today, but what I will say is something in the same vein. Southern Rhode Island pulls well for beer. Like when you, we started this, people are like, okay, we're probably going to get shades on gray sale, all that stuff. The early polls reflected a strong advantage for Southern Rhode Island. And that's because the Northern Rhode Islanders didn't take the polls, but they voted and Oh boy, was their voice heard. That was the quintessential North versus South battle in the final round and the north wins by a long shot i I mean it was i was so fascinated i mean you know we still need to when we started this podcast three years ago we've had a lot of the beer because of like the rhode island beer festival and trying different places but no we really truly need to make it a mission of like stopping to every single one because you know there was there was these new fan bases that came out of the woodworks and um the rap- Where have you been, people? <laughs> Show yourselves. Show yourselves. And it's like, I mean, I remember the one three years ago when we went to Ravenous for the first time, like still pretty peak COVID. I mean, it was November of 2020. Packed. Packed. There was so many people. Yeah. So people obviously love it and we're excited to uh, chat with them. And now I'm like, now I'm just addicted to brackets. Now it's like, what, <laughs> what up? What else can we do to get people riled up and, and voting and stuff? Because that was uh, 44,000 views and votes across the board. That blows my mind. I didn't know there's 44,000 people in the state voting for beer. You know? I, neither did I. Uh, I think it's just a lot of like, it's also just a lot of like, hey, go vote for this person. Like go on Instagram and vote for this person. Which, hey, that's, that's how brackets work in social media. But hats off to uh, Ravenous. Hats off to the breweries that performed well. Um, yeah, another successful bracket in the books. Um, yeah, and you are you're definitely in bracket mode because you know I'll just be off Twitter for a couple hours, and all of a sudden we'll just see, hey, this person has won this tournament, and <laughs> it's just it's full blown. You're in graphics mode, like, hey, Texas Texas A and M Corpus Christi taking it home. Yeah, I tried. I mean, it's 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 bad because I have a lot of these graphics already pre-made for college hoops. Yeah, and like I, your SEMO uh, winning the uh, the Ohio Valley. Yeah, that one was definitely. I I hand up was not watching that game um, <laughs> because it was like there's. I'm like, all right, I don't really care about the Ohio Valley Conference. Like, let me focus my time on one better quality games and two bigger conferences. And then everyone in our Slack channel is freaking out. I'm like, oh. SEMO won, and then it was like, no, they just tied it up. Like, so, no, dude, this game's, this game's uh, got three minutes left. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, so far, what is it? We've had 12 <clears throat> bids announced or locked in. I think I'm like 10 for 12 in these graphics that I didn't have. There were some more tonight, though. Like, I would damn well hope you made a Colgate one if you if you Yeah, Col- Colgate's up. Um like, and again, they didn't match my Jerome, but looking at the finals, like the day before, I'm like, okay, Colgate, uh, who won Texas Corpus Christi, uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And uh, I think I have Montana State tonight for the Big Sky. Interesting. Who did I have in Big Sky? And this is actually now a good time for the Jerome check before we get to our interview. Um, Jerome, for those that don't know, is basically you just predict the conference tournaments and how they how they end up here. I was not doing horribly. Um, and actually, the interns just sent out a... I love how they have interns, too. The send it in... in they're the send it interns is what it is. Instead of the send it in, ha, 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 college basketball puns. Um, Sam Basil, big shout out, was among the top of the participants here the last round um coleman three he's definitely not there anymore it's bad radio i know um chris Dinga. okay uh 90 90th overall in how many submissions uh 1500 that's pretty good she got 45 points um i will check you you are 1167 
Mm. And I am oh I'm 346. Yeah, I had a tough, I had a tough going. I had a tough going. Um just it was it can't be as as bad as Clubfoot Jim. You know, his is worse. I don't think he submitted it. I think he just I think he oh. just oh no, he did submit it. He is he's a full 200 places after you. Yeah. I, I I'm confident in my week two picks, but my week one, there was a couple chalk ones. So like I picked Longwood, Longwood because I'm like, they could go for a run. Um Eastern Washington was a loss. Youngstown that was a disappointment, is what Youngstown it was. State was a, a disappointing loss too. So it's all right. Let me let me get the big ones. Let me get Villanova to win the Big East. Um, get the chalk picks like Kansas and Houston out of the way. Um, I'll be in the top half. I hope so. It's going to be fun. Um, let's go do our interview this week. It is Moses Mew. What an interview this was. Uh, jack of all trades. This guy has played just about every position on the football field you can imagine. He's going to URI. Uh, he's got some house merch coming out soon. Part of our crew now. Let's hop into the conversation with Moses Mew. All right, everybody with us this week, we are joined by four sport, four sport varsity athlete at St. Raphael Academy, um, incoming University of Rhode Island defensive linebacker, defensive end, jack of all trades, because we're going to get to that in a minute, and house enterprise athlete. We got Moses Mew, the hometown hero on the podcast. Uh, Moses, welcome to the show, and how's everything going? Thank you. Um, everything's going well. How's, how about you? We're, we're doing well. We're doing well. We were just talking off air about, unfortunately, the basketball loss, but, you know, you deserve some good rest after a long, uh, a long season. So we're, we're, we're happy to have you on board and we're happy to announce the uh, official partnership of the hometown hero with House Enterprise Athletes. Yes, sir. Sounds good. So let's, let's dive right into this uh, four sport varsity career that you've had. Um, obviously, the bread and butter is football. You are a D2 Super Bowl champion, an MVP, three-time All-State. Uh, I mentioned the jack-of-all-trades Swiss Army night. Let's see. This season, you had 94 tackles, three forced fumbles, two sacks, two blocked punts, a blocked field goal. That was just on defense. And on <laughs> offense, you are a tailback, fullback, wide receiver, tight end, uh, nine total touchdowns, over 500 yards on the on the ground, 273 in the air, um, and you were a punter. Yeah, yes, sir. So, <laughs> how did you manage all those positions? Tell us the, you know, how you got involved in all those positions. You know, tell us just a little bit about yourself on the field. All right. So going into um, St. Ray's my freshman year, it was all about um, finding the quickest way I could get on the field to see some playing time, and Fortunately for me at the time, um, nobody was playing edge or outside linebacker. So I really worked at it um, during like the summer training. And that's when I officially got my first start. I started against Woonsocket High School. And man, I had a game that game. Uh, I, I got my first touchdown that game, actually. I made the new, a news clip. Uh, I caught a pick six. It ran it all the way back. So um, just started my freshman year. It was really exciting. Uh, and then starting my sophomore year, we just started um, losing more key players because my freshman year, we had a lot of seniors. Um, so it was just a lot of positions that need, like needed somebody. And I used to kick in youth. So I was like, hey, why not try out for kicker? So I tried out kicking off the tee. Um, coach liked it a lot, so I played kicker for a while. Um, and then I started punting, because why not? And then everything just started flowing um, from just like spots opening up. And I was like, hey, let me try that. So yeah. So I've got to ask you, this has been burning since we were talking about punts and, and blocked punts. What's more fun? Like, being the punter or blocking a punt? <laughs> oh, block it. blocking a <laughs> punt for sure. Blocking a punt for sure is really exciting. Because just... I've never done either. I'll be, I'll be honest. Like, I've never punted. I've never obviously blocked a punt. Yeah. But, like, obviously there's that thrill of, like, holy shit, I just blocked this guy's punt. Yeah. 
But there's got to be something cool about like, you know, wow, I'm going to just take this, but the, the long snapper is going to get it to me and I'm going to boot this as far as possible. Definitely exciting. Um, at times it does get, it does get nerve wracking. Um, uh, it was the championship game. We're backed up at like the 10 yard line. So my steps were back in the end zone. So it does get nerve wracking at times, like in positions like that. But other than that, like punting is really fun. Actually, I, I found like a thing for punting at pre-practice all season. I would just warm up like my punts and just like hang out and just like everybody's watching me. Yo, how you kick it like that? And it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, kick is a lot of fun. I, I mean, love it. It's got to be intimidating for the other team too to be like, all right, this guy, he's probably going to have five sacks against us in the game. And then he's also probably scoring touchdowns from every position on the offense. And in the slight chance this team punts, we have a guy that can probably run around every single defender, either kick the ball or decide to keep it. So that's a, that's a pretty good uh, little, little Swiss army knife we have here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So what is, uh, Oh, after you. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hop in. Obviously you've had a lot of memories of St. Ray's so far. What's, what sticks out, right? Like, is there anything, obviously you just took us through freshman and sophomore year. You had some great moments, but is there anything like even more recently to that? You know, maybe it was a big game. Maybe it was a, a moment. Um, what is one of your favorites at St. Ray's? Um, one of my favorites is definitely our championship win. I mean, it was very movie-like. Um, we're down 7-3. We're, no, we're down 0-3 zero to, zero to three with 33.3 um, seconds on the clock. And they've been playing man on me all game. So coach sent me on the motion across the field. And one of our other star players, Ethan McCann, our quarterback threw him in a nice little slant and won us the game with 33 seconds on the clock. So that always just like, just be in my head and my mind that like, man, football is the game of inches and like time is how much time, the game is not over until zero seconds on the clock. So that's one that really sticks with me, just the Super Bowl win. Absolutely. So on top of football, let's run down your resume again. We got forward and center for basketball. You were yeah. for the indoor track and field um, and middle hitter for volleyball. So how did you get involved in all these sports? And I'm assuming football is the, the passion and the main one. But, you know, tell us, you know, like I said, your involvement in the others and also just the love for the game in each. Yeah, so um, track, I mean, I feel like everybody talks about track in high school, just like, I feel like it's a really good, like, individual, like, so you could focus on yourself individually and, like, certain events that you want to do. So um, I really got into short distance running and indoor, um, and I just really found, like, the love for that, just to run and just always compete with somebody next to you just to see like who's faster. Um, and it definitely shows like, man, like who's been training more, who's like, who gets off the blocks faster. And there's a lot in, that goes into track that a lot of people don't know that you have to put a lot of time into. And also um, I would throw for track too. I would do the weight throw and I would do shot put. And there's a lot of technique in those. And I qual this year I qualified for um, New England, actually New England's. So that was really exciting. Um, I hit a couple PRs this season, and man, that that's where track track just track just came to me, honestly. Um, basketball, I mean, it was always football and basketball growing up, so I just had to try out for the basketball team. I mean, we had a pretty tough coach, like um, just like running wise and stuff like that. But I feel like everybody needs that. But man, I stuck it out for four years and it was a hell of experience. Um, this year, making it to the state, the state tournament, um, making it to the elite eight. It's just like it's a lot, a lot of good things happened this year, my senior year. And um, volleyball, well, we made it to the championship my sophomore year. My friend Israel, well, first my friend Israel got um, introduced volleyball to me. Um, my freshman year, unfortunately, got cut like short because of COVID. 
So we had a lot of just virtual learning and we weren't really doing any sports at the time. But when we were able to go hybrid or just like start to go into school, um, I wanted to find something to do because it was just like, man, like I, I've already been sitting at home on my computer, not even being able to go outside. So why not find a new activity? And my friend Israel was just like, man, you'll be great at this. So I gave it a shot. Um, my sophomore year, we made it to the championship, but unfortunately lost. Then I played again ne the next season because I just I fell in love with it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so my junior season, we made it to the semifinals and unfortunately lost. So I'm definitely going to play th this season again um, with my boys and just see where we could take this. So, man, uh, a lot of these sports were just introduced to me and I just fell in love with it just because they're fun. So if we handed you a baseball bat or a soccer ball <laughs> or anything, like, are you just going to be a state champion and, uh, and expertise? I mean, I don't know. Do you, you know, you're a gifted athlete, right? Yeah. God, God did. <laughs> and when, so like, when did you kind of figure out in your career that it was more than just like, okay, this is an extracurricular that, you know, I'm staying fit. I'm being active. Like, when did you know that like, I can take my, you know, athletic ability in sports to the next level and play, play for college? I mean, um, well, going into, well, going into high school, the focus was always on football. So I definitely always just wanted to go to the college level with, with football. But as far as other sports go, it's just um, a matter of just winning. You know what I mean? I just, I love to like win. I love to compete. I love like, I love a good, a good like match or a good game or just like, you know, something competitive. So like just my competitiveness just always just, just gets the best of me. So it doesn't matter if I'm playing baseball, soccer, whatever I'm playing, I'm going to always be competitive. So it's just, yeah, it's just like that. So you made a comment in a couple answers ago that, you know, a lot of good things were happening senior year and then you know, it's a Friday morning in January, you're getting ready to announce where you're going to school. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you get the call for Rhode Island Gatorade player of the year. Right. And this is for those that don't know, this is, this is a huge deal, right? You have people that have won in the past, like Tyler Kolick, who just won Biggie's player of the year at Marquette. You have Joe Missoula who wanted the Hendrick in. Uh, you have Michael Carter Williams, Will Blackman who won a Super Bowl. I mean, these are people that have gone on and had a lot of success. So first of all, the fun question is what does the trophy look like? Was that that's some serious hardware there? Oof. Uh I unfortunately don't have the, the trophy Damn. on me. <laughs> I, I actually put it in the the um like in our alumni hall, we have like a trophy case, like a huge trophy case with all the Super Bowl trophies and stuff like that. So I actually had the honor of putting my trophy in in there to just. He's like, a man of the people. Look at that. Give it back to <laughs> yeah, um, and, but but in all seriousness, like, do you remember when you got that call and what that meant to you? Like, was it joy? Was it surprise? Like, what what was the emotion there when you got that? So actually, just um, I woke up. Actually, so it was about a month prior in December. Um, I've been just watching like the Gatorade. Like on the Gatorade page, it has a corner and it tells you how many days until they announce it. So I was just watching the days and at one point it said five days. So I, I was really excited. And then once it hit three days, I remember it like running back to like 36 days. So I was just like, dang, yeah, I know, right? And then I was just, I wasn't really thinking about it. So when the time came, when that Friday came, I wasn't thinking about Gatorade Play of the Year or anything like it. So I wake up and then I head to school and my phone's just buzzing on Twitter and stuff like that. And when I check, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I actually got it. You know what I mean? Like all this hard work is actually paying off. Um, and yeah, it was really exciting. Like it's, uh, it's undescribable, honestly. And then one excitement led to the another where um, you made the decision on the, uh, you signed your national letter of intent for University of Rhode Island. So, 
you, you received a bunch of offers. I mean, Army, Wake Forest, a few other schools. So um, how did URI come into play and describe us the decision-making there and uh, how you made the choice? So um, actually, uh, actually made my mind up one week, one week prior to my signing. And it was just, it was on an official visit. I went down to URI with my father and one of my closest friends. And uh, we took the time to go around the campus to meet some of the players, um, obviously meet with the coaches again. I went to a couple URI camps um, previously and just on the visit, it just felt like home. You know what I mean? It just felt like the place I like wanted to be at. And you always want to go somewhere where you're actually wanted. So I just felt really felt the love from URI and and just I just I felt wanted. You know what I mean? And from the Sunday I went on the uh, I went on Friday, the Sunday the day I was about to leave, I talked to my dad. I I, I just had a long conversation with my dad and um the pros outweigh the cons. So it was definitely just like the places I wanted to be overall. Yeah. So to take that a step further, I mean, you're going to be close to home. You'll have family and friends and, you know, folks that follow high school football uh, around sure. here that they'll be able to, they'll be able to follow you, keep up with your career. So what does that mean to you? Um, That means a lot. I mean, there's nothing better like as an athlete when you just um work your butt off all week and go play on a like on a Friday night, on a Saturday morning, and just look at the crowd and just see everybody cheering for you. You know what I mean? Um, this season, the support was, it was endless, honestly. And I feel like that's what really like drove me to become like who I am. Just always, just like when I look left and right, it's just always somebody there supporting me. Um, I'm very fortunate enough to just have all the support. So it's definitely, it, it, it plays a huge factor in like my decision too. just like all the support and just like who's around, you know? And, and then the, obviously we talked about the, all the positions, right? Like have they given you any indication on where they want you? Will it be like as a linebacker on defense or will, it, will we maybe see you take a couple of punts? Who knows? Um, so they actually gave me the option to like choose where I wanted to be. So Ultimately, it came down to two positions, and that was running back or a linebacker. And I feel like defensively, I just always just stood my ground. You know what I mean? When I came into St. Ray's, my first um, starting position was on defense. And I feel like just defending the ball is just like my thing. You know what I mean? So just choosing choosing defense wasn't really like a hard choice. You know, it was just like something I always did, and it's just always fun. And I feel like in any sport, you have to learn defense first before you like start on offense. So yeah, yeah, I feel like it comes easier. There we go. There we go. So, you know, <clears throat> were there any mentors, you know, in the state, your family or in the sport, whether it was coaches on the youth level or high school level that helped you along the way to get you where you are today? Um, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I have I have to um I have a couple youth coaches from this youth organization in Providence. It's called Providence Patriots. Uh they it started in 2018. Um, but they previously were the Providence 49ers. But since I was about eight, nine, uh Jose Lugo, um Dominique Pina. Um, Ronald Scott and and Coach Travis London. Um, these coaches were always just like always like right behind me, and I feel like they they really like started like my love for football. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying that right. Um, they really just like always pushed me and just like man, like they're they're always they always had something positive to say about like me playing. And it was nothing but positivity. And once I got to the age where it was like tackle and just like, man, if I really don't like this sport, I'm not actually going to be playing it. Once it got to that point, 
it was just like I fell in love with the sport so much already that like I always want to play the sport and I it's just like I'll always work hard to always play the sport so I feel like these coaches really just like were the stepping stone for me and not only that actually one of them just texted me too like just now and they're they're always here to support me they're always at my games they're always there to watch me on um, my signing day they were all there just watching me and man they led the way for me and i really appreciate them that's awesome that's great to hear so yeah. you know like we mentioned at the beginning of the show we are proud to have you on our team as well as iOS enterprise athletes so you know, as we begin to tell your story through our platform, we want to hear more about who Moses Mew is off the field. So we know some things that you've done in the past where, you know, you volunteered locally during St. Olympics fundraising week. Um, you have a lot of, you know, work with the Pawtucket Soup Kitchen as well as the Ronald McDonald House. So how did you get involved with some of those initiatives, um, you know, and getting involved in your community as a whole? Um, as as a student at St. Ray's, you you're required to do a certain amount of service hours. So it was just really the, it was just really me just trying to get out there and um, help people like, like to do my service. And another way I found like, another easier way I found to do my service is just something that really connects me. And I just thought football and for about three months, three months on the weekends and some weekdays, I would go and actually go help coach at my old youth organization. And also with the place, it's like NFL Play 60. I would coach, I would um, teach kids how to play, just the basic fundamentals of football. And really, it's it just a lot of fun too. I actually enjoy it. So I always go back out. Um, I always pass my 30 hours every year. It's just like something I just love to do because the kids love it. The kids love seeing me. Um, I love seeing the kids and it's just a lot of fun when I'm I'm with them. We actually take a lot of pictures, uh, run special plays. We have a playbook and it's just like, I feel like it connects me more to just like the kids and the youth and they just have somebody to look up to and I'm, I'm glad it's me. So the name, the hometown hero, obviously just with a quick Google search, you could find, uh, you know, you were named hometown hero. It was a, I'm going to get this right. McCarty's furniture and mattresses, hometown sports hero back in 2021. Is there more to that or did it just stick from there or how, how, uh, what's what's the rationale? (laughs) Really? I feel like it stuck from there. Once once that got released, I feel like the name just stuck with me. A lot of people, everybody calls me it today still. Um, just like walking in the hallways, it's like, what's up, hometown hero? And I mean, it puts a smile on my face. I don't. I obviously don't mind. It's, it's, it's a dope name. It's a really dope name. It's a dope name that looks on a dope t-shirt as well. So we have exactly. your merch drop coming this Friday, March 10th. And, uh, Per some news sources, you are actually the first Rhode Island inter the RILL athlete with an NIL deal. So not bad, not bad to uh, lead the way in the debate. We made some history. Absolutely. So, you know, as we close out this interview, you know, what are the plans for rest of senior year and heading into the summer? We obviously know you're going to get some well-deserved rest before heading into volleyball, but do you have any plans, uh, plans in, in place, uh, getting ready for graduation and all that stuff? Um, yeah, just a couple like personal events, like prom, things like that, high school fun. Um, and a lot of working out, honestly, to catch up, just to catch up from what I missed during basketball season. Volleyball season is going to be a lot of fun. It's just always fun just playing with your friends. Um, I feel like if there's one thing that you should do in high school, obviously, is to have fun. You're going to have a lot of work, a lot of things to do just complete that work and just go have fun, go play those sports that you want to play, go try out, go try something new. Um, so my plans are pretty much just to have fun for the rest of my, my high school year. And then June 25th, I head down to URI 
and I start working from there. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be even more fun. We'll be so, keeping yeah. an eye out for URI football this year. And obviously, uh, you know, get your hometown hero merch very shortly. Um, where can our listeners find you online, right? Where can they keep up with all your successes and, and keep up with, with everything going on in your world? Um, so as far as like news articles and stuff like that go, I always post them on Twitter um, at Jack Muse, J-A-C-K-M-E-U-S. Um, as far as just like my personal life or just like interesting things or sports, sports fun that I've just posted, um, you can go straight to my Instagram. It's also Jack Muse. Um, just all my con, all my social media is at Jack Muse. So you can just find me from that same tag. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the time. Good luck with everything. Good luck with um, the rest of that high school fun. I mean, we're I guess we're old and washed up now because it's like when you <laughs> when you, you said that, I like had some core memories pop up. I'm like, he is he is living up his glory days. The next couple unlocked, so, yeah. unlocked. <laughs> so we appreciate the time and uh we'll talk to you soon of course thank you and that was just moses mew hometown hero house enterprise athlete and upcoming university of rhode island linebacker um welcome aboard welcome on to the ship and uh we're excited to watch you grow in the next couple of years and launch your merch and uh enjoy that high school stuff like i said that core memory unlocked is uh definitely crazy so high school was really for that was 10 years ago almost 10 years ago for us fucking scary scary i yeah i still think it's like oh yeah like college is like last year and it's like no we're four years out of school uh you were gonna be four years that's that's dumb four years out of school it is not 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 good so obviously that was some some ball segment presented by manscaped you know the drill use code house for 20 percent off plus free shipping um, and now we're going to head into some March Madness stuff, some, some college hoops, which brings us to our next partnership, dun, 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 DraftKings, which we announced last week, but DraftKings is the official gambling partner, sports betting partner of House Enterprise, Beers, Business, and Balls, and Small State Big Takes. So DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, will be live right here in Massachusetts this week. Bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. Don't bet with some out-of-town sports, out sportsbook. Bet local with DraftKings. All new customers who sign up with the book today using code BBB will, be, will receive up to $200 in bonus bets. Soon you'll be able to bet money line spreads and more with America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings. Download the sportsbook app now, sign up with our code BBB, and get up to $200 in bonus bets using the mobile sportsbook when it hits Massachusetts. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code BBB. If you or a loved one is experiencing gambling problems, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit help at ma.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in Massachusetts, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory license requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued as bets, terms at draftkings.com slash mass. Use the code BBB. You know, I give you a pretty good grade at the disclaimers for your first run. That was pretty I was, good. I was dry and I'm, I'm, I'm very thirsty. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we get for late night recording, but no, we're excited to uh, be using DraftKings. We're fans of their product. We are excited for them to launch right in our backyards in Massachusetts. So we hope you cash in on the offers. I mean, bonus bets using the code BBB. That's a dream come true, one, for the podcast, but also, two, you're missing out on free money. You're missing out on free money, and this is a gambling paradise right now with March Madness. Um, bunch of tournaments. We talked about it a little bit early on. We were, we were talking about a Jerome picks, but the big names now. We, we, we teased the palette with some mid-majors that, to be completely honest, I wasn't necessarily following along all season long. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean – Tell me you weren't watching Colgate every day. I mean, the Patriot League, man. I was, I was diving deep, but it's a one-trick pony. Like I, Colgate is fucking sick. Like, and I think they're Colgate's a, Colgate's a team that I, I would pick as a, as an upset. Which this is where you start looking at the field and saying, okay, who every they always say, you know, 
the 12 versus five and stuff like that. There's always that 13 Colgate almost beat Arkansas last year. I think it was 13, uh, a 13, four. Yeah. So, and again, you know, I'm trying to figure out this year. Who is the St. Peter's? Who is the Oral Roberts? Is it Oral Roberts? It might be Oral Roberts again. Oral Roberts again, right? But it's like, there are certain teams out there that it's like, okay, can Charleston now make a run? Are there, you know, who are these, who are these Derby darlings that will eventually transfer to Bryant University and come to New York? Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, by the way, Doug will probably transfer too. Yeah. (laughs) That's just the way the world works. But Here's my thing on Charleston. I don't think they belong in that Cinderella thing. I just think they're good objectively. Like, I think they're probably going to be an eight or nine seed, maybe 10 because the committee's stupid, but. But again, a 10 seed, that's an upset. Yeah, the seven tens an upset. And then likely, I think you play the two seed after that. So that's, you run into somebody like a Kansas or a Baylor or Texas, the way they're playing right now. And that you know could be could go one of two ways it's either like you're gonna get steamrolled or that's a recipe for disaster for the for the big team i don't know i look at um off the cuff it's northern kentucky that i think can do something because they took a very crowded horizon league poll or scene i guess is the right word i don't know if they beat youngstown or if youngstown lost but um regardless Northern Kentucky beat um, Cleveland State. Yeah. Also, Cleveland State was my pick, and I was pretty pissed about that. But, yeah, this was a this was a wide-open Horizon League, and then all of a sudden, you know, now it's five straight for, for Northern Kentucky. Detroit Mercy with Antoine Davis, who's on that team. They beat Oakland, Oakland again. They kicked the shit out of Youngstown, too. So I think that's a team that, you know, you, hey, you give them a 15 seed, you put him against uh you put him against Texas and who the fuck knows. Although Rodney Terry did just win the coach of the year, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So which he kind of deserves at Texas because considering what they went through, Chris Beard gets fucking arrested. He's now the head coach and he's like, What the hell do I do? Uh and Texas is still really good. So Tip of the hat to to Mr. Terry in Texas. I don't know. Um, I'm looking at the Big Ten tournament this week. That's sort of my bucket for this weekend. And I don't, like, truly I looked at the bracket and said, I don't know what the fuck to do. Because that's one where even so, like I didn't check in Nebraska, um, a Nebraska-Minnesota score tonight, but like Ohio State, who's not had a good year, goes up against Wisconsin. Everybody's like, yeah, Wisconsin's like their backs against the wall. If they don't win, they're not going to make the tournament. They got their shit kicked. And that's going to be the whole big, I feel like Purdue's going to lose round one. I genuinely believe Purdue is going to lose in their first game. Yeah. And, and Purdue though is like, see, I, I get kind of, and it reminds me last year of Providence in the big East, right? You win the regular season title you already have been ranked so many weeks, almost in the top 10. You're, you're, you're checked in. You're like, you know what? Do I really need to burn my guys out in this tournament? Because again, the Big Ten is obviously there's a lot of competition. Same with you know a lot of the Power Fives. Do I really need to burn the legs right now in this tournament to get some, some you know gratification? Or let me focus on next week when we're dancing, right? But this is a resume builder for a lot of these people, right? Like, like is, it a resume, is it a resume builder for Purdue? I think that's the difference. Winning the bit, I will say this: winning the Big Ten tournament for Purdue is the difference between a one and two seed. I really do believe that. So it actually does have some meaning for them. I think it has some meaning for folks like Michigan State, seeding wise, Northwestern. Illinois and Maryland are bubble teams. I don't know about Maryland, but Illinois probably is a bubble team. There's just too much parity in the Big Ten to say, like, all right, I can... Because I hear what you're saying. It's like, it's a meaningless piece of hardware. You want to win the national championship. I get it. But for a lot of the Big Ten, this... I don't know. I feel like this could be life or death. Especially if 
you know, let's say Maryland lays an egg. And then whoever they beat loses the next round, they're they might be in a really tough spot. So I don't know. The same goes with the Big 12, where you know there was a lot of talent all year long. And it's like that could be that could be the, the biggest difference maker. The tournament that I'm most curious about um is the A10. So shout out to Basil, boots on the ground for that tournament. But there was a lot of talent in the top four or five teams of the A10. And they're uh I don't know how many bids they're gonna get. It looks like oh maybe three maximum. Maybe. Yeah, but it's like like Fordham, for example. Fordham is a very talented team and in uh, you know, Keith Ergo's first year, he just won A10 coach of the year. Obviously, big shoes to fill after losing um, you know, losing the coach and kind of rebuilding, right? There are what a four seed? Like Fordham needs to win the A10 tournament to get to the big dance. Like I don't yeah, think Yeah, they they're actually they might be a one-bit league. Yeah. You know, it's 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 what VCU, St. Louis, um, Dayton's up there, Dayton, Fordham. Like there's a lot of talented teams that deserve to go to the next step. And unfortunately that's not the case. Well then Duquesne, you've got at 20 and 11, you've got George Mason at 19 and 12. It's a, that's a loaded one. Um, I just think the biggie, like every power five is wide open with this sort of stuff. Marquette I've gotten the big East. I think they've got too much momentum. I think they're going to, I think they're going to have their way with every team they face this week. Um, ACC, I just said, fucking, I'm riding Duke. I think they can, they were ranked at the beginning of the year. Like they just stumbled. Everybody panicked on both Duke and UNC. And we found out that one of them sucks and one of them is pretty good. And you see John Shire, that's actually like, he's composed a good roster and he's also good for him. He's got coach K breathing down his back and he's actually you know, sort of doing his own thing. He's putting his own guys in the rotation. He's getting the most out of his freshmen and his transfers and all this stuff. And I don't know, Duke's a team that, like, would I be shocked if they were in the Elite Eight? Absolutely not. They have too much raw talent on that team. Yeah, I mean, I I picked Miami. I thought uh, I I was leaning towards Duke as well, but I, I think Miami, you know, the ACC has kind of ran through them for a majority of the majority of the season. So I, a lot I, of people I, say they're a team of destiny this year too. Miami, you know, they're, they're the the U is up there. The U is they're they're legitimate, and because of their NIL backing too, they are going to be playing for you know not just a Sweet Sixteen and Elite any eight anymore. They're going to be they're going to be cruising. But you know, speaking of that that conference, UNC. <laughs> They suck. <laughs> End of discussion. <laughs> what do you want to know about UNC? <laughs> season number one to NIT is brutal. You think they're a one seed in the NIT? No, no, no. I said pre. They were the preseason number. Oh, one yeah. NIT. No, it, it very simply put, if they don't win the tournament, they're fucked. That's embarrassing. You have Armando Baycott worrying about OBX. I have not seen the episode yet. I have not started OBX, admittedly, but he had a little one-liner. He was like a bodyguard. Um, but you're just like it literally was like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. You're like, oh shit, Armando Baycott. <laughs> what are you doing here? Armando Baycott and Outer Banks. No, that's uh that's the first time if UNC doesn't make it, it's the first time since I think the college basketball three-point era that a preseason number one does not make the tournament. And the receipts are there, people. A lot of the House of College Hoops crew picked UNC as the number one. I stood my ground, and I picked the Houston Cougars. And a lot of people were like, why the fuck would you pick them? They're in the American. But you've seen what they did. They have two losses. One stinker to Temple, whatever. You got to lose one game. And then to fucking Alabama. Oh, big whoop. There were three in Ken Palm at that time. Yeah, Houston also just cleaned uh, cleaned house in the American. Every single award besides the Sportsmanship Award. 
<laughs> Who'd the sportsmanship award get? Um, who what school was a better sport? It definitely wasn't Memphis, that's for sure. No, I think it was an individual, like it was a individual level. Oh, right. Love the tweet. It was so funny because it was just like, yep, that's the uh, the American just belongs to Houston. Hey, probably, uh, hopefully, I'm going to say a prayer. It was someone from SMU. Chris Kreider came on the uh, the show. He's a great guy. SMU didn't have a great year, but he's a great person. Uh, Sion James from Tulane and Ludgy Dubow from East Carolina. Oh, well, so much for SMU. Uh, player of the year was Marcus Sasser. Coach of the year, Calvin Sampson. Defensive player of the year, Jamal Sheed. Freshman of the year, Jarris Walker. Most improved player, Jawan Roberts. Six minute of Holy the year, shit. Reggie Cheney. Their entire <laughs> their entire starting five and their sixth man and their coach cleaned house at the awards. What the fuck? So I guess you can't really give a sportsmanship award to the best team because then it's <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly can. I mean, if they were good sports about it. Takes takes it takes away from everything, but now we have a lot of a lot of college hoop stuff. I mean, we have boots on the ground at the Big East, uh, Tommy Godin and Matt St. Jean, um, plus all the road to the Garden Crews covering stuff. Sam Basil's at the A-10. Uh, we got the Everything College Basketball Boys covering SEC and all the mid-majors. Uh, we'll ACC have- as well, Phil Dexter. Uh... ACC, Phil Dexter. Brian Wilmer, he'll be at the first two rounds of uh, in Greensboro. So shout out him. And we'll thank have you to the kind folks at the NCAA that helped us with that too. Yes. Thank you, uh, Dave Warlock. Thank you, uh, Andy Flutter, Johan. Thank you very much for your help. Yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll have our selection show this Sunday on the House of College Hoops Twitter and the House Enterprise YouTube. So expect some cool guests there. And this is March. This is March. This is March. It's the best time of year, really. Um, Next week, we got to do our quarterbacks. I'm sorry. Hand up. We got to do our quarterbacks. We can't do quarterbacks after select. We have some time. Wait, no, we're running out of time, actually. Derek, Derek, Derek Carr. I'm two for two, by the way. Derek Carr has signed with the Saints. I'm three oh, for three. Shit. I'm three for three. Derek Carr signed with the Saints. Geno Smith's back with the Seahawks. And Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, four years, 160. The prince that has promised is back in blue. We franchise tagged Saquon Barkley. We're making some extensions. Joe Schoens just said, we ain't in for small players anymore. This is this is the New York. This is the Big Apple. Big players, big market. We may have to bring in Jordan Lave to discuss quarterbacks with us too. Well, well we also have our draft coming up. But we have so we have too much foot. I need football to just like have a dead zone where no one's allowed to even talk about anything because this is too much. I can't, I can't look at the football shit right now. We might have what to Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the jets. Apparently we might just have to bonus episode, just quarterbacks, but we might have to, we might just have to do a bonus. Like this DraftKings definitely doesn't have futures on where quarterbacks will end up. Uh, let's check. There's no way I was checking today and I, there, there was a really good selection on DraftKings. Uh, if you're in Rhode Island, please go to Massachusetts to use the DraftKings Sportsbook starting on Friday. But um, there was there were some really good select, a lot of props, a lot of futures. The only thing I don't like, this is not a DraftKings problem. This is an industry problem. The only thing I don't like is that the futures lock out once the tournament starts. So like I was... 15 minutes late on the big 10 and I couldn't place a wager, you know, but that's not DraftKings' fault. I don't see the football stuff, but there's definitely lines somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I would be shocked if you could pick where court, like put a future on where a quarterback goes. Yeah, I do have Aaron Rodgers. Or a book that does do that. Please let us know because that's, we would like to ask you some questions on how. I think he's going to the Jets. Do we want to just talk about Lamar real quick and, and then close out? I mean, quarterback. It's franchise tagged. He it's one of those I didn't know there were two types of franchise tags that you can negotiate with other teams while you're tagged. I but that's stupid. So isn't the whole point of the franchise tag to lock him so he can't do those things? So he's locked in, but other teams can offer him more money. 
And then if he leaves for the other team, the Ravens would get get compensated, right? What's odd about this situation, there's a lot more coming out of it, was last year when Deshaun Watson was his debacle, um, people were actively saying we're interested in Deshaun Watson. And they had to, you know, fork over the money, right? It's free to talk to Lamar. You don't like you can have a conversation with Lamar Jackson to see if the fit is right before offering money and losing draft picks. There are five teams out there that do not have quarterbacks that I would say are championship level that actively came out and said, yeah, we're not interested. That's like, yeah, that, that smells a little. Because again, it doesn't cost anything to talk at him and look at his records. Right. Like I was listening to 98, five, um, in Massachusetts yesterday, 95, the sports hub. Um, and they were making a good point. It's like, it is, they basically said what you did. Well, it's like, it is free to talk to these guys. Like if you're the Patriots or if you're any other team, take them to your city. Say like, all right, Hey, who would, you know, I think we're going to be out of your price range, but like, let's bring in, let's have a conversation. What's it going to take? You know, do you want, is there anyone on our roster that you'll like? Do you want us to build around somebody? Um, that doesn't cost a thing. And all these teams are saying, no, we don't want to at least explore that. We don't want to at least call them and say, hey, dude, we know this isn't the perfect fit. But let's at least chat about what would entice you to come here. And if it's $60 million, great. You know, we'll end it and that's it. But why isn't every team doing that? Why aren't there 15 teams calling him and saying, you know, obviously the Giants are out of contention now that they just signed uh, Jones, but the Jets should call him. The The Dolphins, they say they're in on Tua, right? Like, you go down the list. He's and in it, this just smells like collusion. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because he's an MVP. Like, there's he's a very talented player i mean his i think like someone put out a stat recently and it was like he has in his career and i think he's played five years he's only lost like 17 games he's like 46 and 17 if that math makes sense like it's something astronomical also why the fuck did the falcons bow out they're the team that needs him the most if I, I mean, the Falcons, like you have an opportunity to take over the AFC South, the NFC South, because like it's still wide open, so wide open. The Saints, yeah, okay, they got Derek Carr, but like I think I, I Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but I don't know, I don't know. Like it's not like is he a step up from like Jameis Winston? I guess, but Derek Carr comes in as a free agent for the Saints. And he's now the best quarterback in that division because the Bucs, I guess, are riding with Kyle Trask, which I don't think they, I think. Good luck. Good luck. I think that's, and again, he could be great because he was very talented at Florida, but we don't know. He's been sitting on the bench for two years. Um, The Panthers, we have no idea who's at the helm there. And then the Falcons, I believe just waved Mariota. So you're running with Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get it at all. You know, Take a take a look at Lamar. Having Lamar Jackson on that team with Kyle Pitts and uh, Drake London, that's pretty talented. Yeah, they they did a running back by committee this past year too, and it worked. And they were so I don't want to say they were so close for being a contender, but they were like two weeks down the stretch, they had an opportunity to win the division. And with that shit ass division they should have put their best foot forward to get Lamar. It's that simple. And they didn't do it. What did they fucking do? This is, this is something else. I don't, there, there's gotta be something else at play here. And I get it. The fully guaranteed deal, whatever, you know, you, it scares people, but I, there's the other part of me is like, that's the price you pay. It's that simple. You want to get a good, you want to get a guy that's won an MVP your price tag is you are guaranteeing every dollar. Bar injury, bar, you know, no incentives. You know, he doesn't have to hit a certain yards threshold or rush threshold. You have to pay the man what he's yeah. worth. I mean, like, I'm in the argument of, like, a guy like Lamar, I think, would make so much money 
endorsement wise that it's like don't you want to help your team be in the best position to win and like take less money? But on the other side, a guy like Lamar, who is a running first quarterback who can still throw the ball. Like he's not a running back. He is a quarterback that just is very good on the ground. I understand like his lifeline isn't very long in the league. Like his career is not going to be a 20 year player. Um, He wants to make his money now. So if that means guaranteeing it all and he gets a concussion the next day, you know, he, he needs to have the money. And I, I understand that aspect. So that's, a, that's a situation to keep an eye on. Um, obviously there's a lot of teams like the mock drafts, which we haven't got into. There's going to be some quarterbacks all across the board. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I honestly thought he was going to hold up the quarterback domino, but Derek Carr said, I'm not waiting for you. I, I am the saints gave me a good offer. Let's let's go to work. The Seahawks reworked Geno Smith. Daniel Jones is obviously back with the Giants, which was a, as anticipated. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers is it's I think it's time's ticking. I think it's Raiders or or the Jets and whoever's going to fork over more money. It probably sounds like New York. Because they got to trade him. Yeah, exactly. They have to it's a it's a, it's a trade and extension. But the the thing is, whoever takes them, well, maybe not New York because they probably have enough cash, but they're probably going to have to get to get Green Bay to retain some of that money, if not all of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, Green Bay's dumb decision. So I think if if we look at what was Russell Wilson's trade, it was two or three first round picks and Drew Locke, and uh, some a linebacker. So it was like it was two players, three picks. I think so. Oh, and uh, Noah Fant. No, well, that's what they tr- traded. Oh, to. They gave up. Yes, yeah. Like I'm yeah. saying, so like uh, it involved a couple players and stuff. Like Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be, I would say, starting three first round picks. It probably takes four, and a player or two. Oh, definitely. I think you need to at least include like uh <clears throat> the Jets aren't gonna trade their rookies. There's a wide receiver that's not happy. Um Corey. Uh, Elijah Moore. Or is it Elijah Moore? Yeah, Elijah Moore was bitching about his playing time last year. Yeah, so they might just include him. <laughs> Here you go, Green Bay. Now you get Jordan Love to throw to fucking Christian Watson and uh is Rainbow Cobb coming back? No, he's probably done. You're saying Jordan Love. Why not Zach Wilson? Didn't even cross my mind. Because if you think about he's it, he's done there. He's he doesn't have a future there. Like so. Russell Russell Wilson was traded for Drew Locke, who then lost the job. Yeah. And again, it doesn't like what is it? Zach Wilson's on a rookie deal. Zach Wilson's gonna suck in Green Bay. He's not gonna be able to handle the the crap that those fans give him. Zach Wilson, what what is this? Is is was he a rookie last year or is this his third year? No, this is this will be year three. Yeah, he'll be playing for the uh Orlando Guardians by 2025. Oh god. That's insane. He'll he's sure shit gonna back up AJ McCarron in St. Louis if he goes there. Cardell right now. Or Cardell Jones on the DC Defenders. Is he playing well? The DC Defenders are a good team. I don't really care about them. I care about Cardell Jones. Oh, uh, I think I think he's doing he's doing all right. I've been I've been mostly focused on San Antonio and uh, Jack Cohn's the quarterback from he was Notre Dame in Wisconsin. Um, had a hell of a college career and he, he's been he's been holding it up. But I haven't. I need to watch again. It's such a tough time of the year. Like I wish the XFL was like. You gotta pump the brakes, man. I can't do I no March. I can't do this shit in March. No additional sports. It's it's February it, was fine if they could have made it work, but obviously it's only like a couple yeah, of Yeah, it's tough because it's like I, I want to focus on the XFL and like we've been doing written pieces and stuff, but it just hasn't been the focus because like college basketball's obviously one. Um NBA and NHL like are in the stretch of the playoffs, like stretch heading to the playoffs and then baseball spring training so 
a lot to a lot to worry about yeah uh, a lot of news too like the John Morant news we'll talk about some other time um two big things Shin Heim's done we'll talk about that next week and Mark Adams at Texas Tech uh just stepped down while we're recording this really yeah uh allocate well it, you you knew what he was alleged of right it yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah not good shit and he has stepped know. out both I... Texas and Texas Tech coaches out it's crazy if you're stepping down you're guilty yeah not good all right that's this week's episode uh thanks to moses make sure you check out his merch if you're in massachusetts or have any desire to hop the border if you're in rhode island massachusetts and go on over and download the DraftKings sportsbook use the code bbb thanks for listening everybody so long take it easy mm-hmm.